0: Welcome back to WRT with NJ, and this is part two of Renidi's Cancer receives. In the last episode, that is part one, we listened to her talking about how they discovered her cancer, what were her initial feelings, a journey from then, and she also spoke about how and why she moved to India. So in this episode, we're going to listen to what happened after moving to India, and what were the good and bad sides of her diagnosis journey, and more and more definitely inspiring words from her. So without further ado, let's get started.
1: So yeah, I uh, came back to India on 4th of October, and okay. I was planned to get my treatment from RCC Trivandrum. But because of the COVID situation, I had to stay in for a 14-day quarantine. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: Trivandrum didn't have like that good facility for a person like me to stay Mm -hmm. in a quarantine situation. So we planned for the quarantine in Paramala Hospital, which is near my place, around 20 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I landed there, like I I was medically repatriated. Uh, There was this whole team. Um, There was this nurse, flight nurse, and I was on uh, medications. Um, I was on devices. It was a very uh, dramatic (laughs) kind of situation.
3: It was some entry back to the country. Mm -hmm. Yes, it Mm -hmm. was some entry.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I flew business class.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're giving very weird motivation to fly business class.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. So, uh, most of the time, even though I was in business class, I couldn't enjoy because I was on morphine and other sedative drugs. I slept all the duration. Mm, okay. So, yeah, that was the best part.
3: <laughs> yeah. You were not able to enjoy business class even no. though you did travel. <laughs> but...
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. And, um, yeah, so I, I, as soon as I came to Paramala, they said, like, rather than wasting time of 14 days and then going to RCC, I would start your chemotherapy right now, right here. With whatever weight you have, and uh, like according to my weight. Like mm-hmm. if I was 38 kg, then whatever weight is uh, the medication is required for a 38 kg person, I would give it to you. You won't be wasting any more time. And that was the time I started with Paramala, and I'm still with Paramala with Dr. Sukesh. that's wood. Bless you, Dr. Sukesh.
3: Shout out to Dr. Sukesh. Yes. Yes. Hopefully, if he's listening.
0: <laughs>
3: Good. Okay. Jordan, you want to ask the next big question?
0: Okay. Uh, So, yes, moving on, um, we would just uh, like to know, so what were the aftermath of that? So, how uh, did it go through? Like, what all you went through? And, you know, with the family members around, like, you know, what all you went through emotionally and, you know, things like that. So,
1: um. It's not just emotionally, uh, there's pain, like my friends would call me or text me constantly. Mm -hmm. And even when I was in London, uh, I was the person who had to give out information because nobody could visit me, it was COVID time. And um, that was another kind of a blessing for me because it was COVID time. And uh, if if the neighbors... uh, on the other bed had visitors and if i had no visitors i would have felt really depressed and since it was covid time nobody had visitors everybody was enjoying on their phone or the tvs they had on their bed and my doctors uh, would come on rounds and with, they would say i mean even though it's summers there's nothing actually happening outside in london so mm-hmm. you just chill and I would be like, yeah, this is the best time to have cancer.
0: My God. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, right? Like I think you know situations like this bring the optimistic side of you.
3: And you certainly you just... remember you can be a stand-up comedian.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know about that. I think that was a really good point. Like you have to bring out really good moments out of nothing. Exactly. So um As I told you, the the whole situation, it just is so much intertwined. Like I am so much in pain. And I remember days when I would tell my mom, like, I have pain every day. And can't God give me one day of leave with pain? Like one day, chutti? (laughs) I think think, Nikhil, you have heard this a lot from me.
3: For for sure, a lot. Mm
1: Yeah. Well, you really
3: really want it. It is so much pain every day. You just want one day where you can feel normal, right?
1: Yeah. And I, there was times when I would feel like, God, please make me better. Please make me better. And then I started to give up and said, at least if you cannot make me better, make me feel better.
2: <laughs> and I
1: realized that there's a huge difference between getting better and at least feeling better. And... Uh, there mm-hmm. were there were and I used to check out a lot of videos because there's a lot lack of information about cancer and surviving cancer or fighting cancer or what kind of uh, treatments there are or the survival stories in India and people hardly uh, talk about it and the very first thing which I did when I was diagnosed was I just broadcasted it on Facebook and everyone, Everyone came to know about it. You know why I did that? Because I had a FOMO. Like, what if I die and nobody knows? Nobody
3: knows. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that, that, I think that fear is with everyone. What I if I know. leave and nobody remembers and
1: me? I was like, I mean, I'm not 60 or 80 that people uh, won't bother. I'm just, I was just 31 that time. And I was just bringing up my life. I was, I had just started like living a proper life. And mm-hmm. what if I die? People won't know. And I want people to know I, I have to publish my death
2: <laughs> my yeah. on okay. <laughs> you know? again,
3: again, weird motivation to be on the podcast. The but there you go.
1: <laughs> I, texted, I texted so many people apologies. I won't uh mention the kind of apologies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the in depths of it, but mm-hmm. then leave it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God! It was funny, and people who came to know about me, uh, like like old classmates and all, it was it was nice of them. People made me believe in prayers, and I still there are so many people with different races and colors and faces that are still in touch with me. They talk to me. They um they they motivate me, and they say that that even uh, you must have seen on my Facebook post recently. They say they call me as a miracle girl because. Wow. Because they I was given life of around three to four months, and by by the grace of God, it's going to be four years now.
0: Wow, wow.
1: So I myself feel really blessed, and each and every breath I take, each and every sunrise I see is a blessing which uh, which which we in a normal day- to- day basis, we just don't
3: appreciate.
1: don't appreciate at all.
3: So I had actually two questions uh, that would I would like to ask. First is, in the end, how much were you able to raise the from that fundraiser that you ran on Facebook?
1: I I think um, um, I kept a target of 20 lakhs. 20 lakhs, okay. Yes, and out of which uh, I required actually 17 lakhs for my repatriation. And by the time I was repatriated, um, the church took up the whole repatriation uh, settlement,
3: church so, from there in London.
1: Yeah, and they um, collected the money from the church and they repatriated. Mm-hmm. So all the bills were paid by the church. Uh, so the money which was collected by fundraiser was as a add on, which I used for my for the treatment. Uh,
3: so what was I, the
1: final I, amount? I uh, raised around seventeen or eighteen something. Yes.
3: That is pretty amazing. I know. Yes. I mean, it's that too from strangers, most of them. I strangers, mean, few of them yeah. you knew, but most of them were strangers. Absolutely. That is a huge round of applause to humanity for that. Yes. I
1: know. And like... then even later on, um, not through GoFundMe, because uh, not everybody can um, like mm-hmm. put in money through GoFundMe. They have different accounts or whatever reason. So approximately around 20, I overall received that's
3: oh, wow. that's very amazing that's very very amazing it's so
0: nice when you know people think i mean we, we ourselves say that okay money is important in life but mm-hmm. for that you need people like in this example like rather than earning money like you you should earn people i guess like everything so what else happened make- was
1: uh, a few of my friends came to know and they said like renee uh, just making a proper GoFundMe so that people won't just change in a number or two and it can go to someone someone else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how they asked me to make one. And it was intended to stay just among a few people from my department. And that just shot, like, shot out to everyone. Uh, they just shared it to everyone in the group. And that's how most of the people around the world. There were so many people from... Even South America and South Africa were calling me.
3: Wow! Uh,
1: yeah, uh, for prayer. complete strangers
3: so, who complete probably strangers never meet in person,
1: they would pray and uh, you know, Nikhil, we pray a lot. But then uh, we pray for others also. But then that exact prayer, power of prayer, I realized that time.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jolyn is much more religious than me. <laughs> yeah, she she does pray. (laughs) Um, (laughs) for everybody but no it's 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 really really amazing to hear that people whom we don't even know create such a big impact in our life when in time of need it's it's really amazing to know my uh, second question is the when you came back to India you uh, understood the atmosphere it had been a while since you've been back to India what did you think what is the state of how people perceive cancer? As a disease in India like is it considered a taboo people are open about it people are willing to help or what what is your review of that in a way like what do you think about it
1: so situation of cancer in India or uh, in South India is completely opposite of as it is in West people mm-hmm. in West are really open about it they talk about it they empathize with people they share their stories with us and they try to motivate us and uh, they pray, for, yeah, pray, they pray for us. But then in India, as I told you that I shared the whole situation on Facebook because I just wanted people to know. I just wanted someone to know. I wanted like, rather than keeping it within ourselves, I just wanted it to be out. And that really helped me. So when I came back to India and as I told you, it was me who who broke down the news to my mom or to others, or I was the one who was, uh, who made the WhatsApp group because I was the only one in the hospital and I had to give out the daily, daily information of what doctors were saying, what's my health situation, how is my infection spreading or how is it getting better and etc, etc, everything. So it was me who had to handle everything. And when I came to India and, and my even my doctor in London, he he would like, he would be completely transparent with me. And if I, if he said that I have four months to live he must have thought, yeah, okay, six months, but then mm-hmm. kind of uh, prepared me that, yeah, this is your situation, four months. So they kind of, uh, they don't terrify you, but then they are actually pretty blunt on your face. Yeah, direct. Sense, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, like blunt you're the only on your person and it's it makes sense for you to know everything.
1: Yeah. They they make it really clear and, mm-hmm. and they really ask you five or more times that, are you clear? You can ask me as many times as you want. But in India, the hel- the the situation is different. The people around are like, "How she knows?" I mean, don't talk about death in front of her. And my mom would be like, "It's she who told me that she's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's she who told me that she has this big situation. It's she, she tells, uh, she tells everyone, and uh, so there's a taboo. And uh, there was a talk like, why did I post this whole situation on Facebook, like?" We should not do this do you, like i don't know what what they think about it and there is a situation in which um in especially in south of india or kerala i don't know if you are a sick person you should dress in a way you cannot be all smart and sparkly hand
2: <laughs> wow
1: yeah so that happened and uh, yeah and regarding healthcare um uh, healthcare is really good i really appreciate india's healthcare but then transparency is not as good here um
2: Mm-hmm.
1: i want people my doctors or nurses to be straight blunt right on my face but be like it's not it's not doctors or healthcare workers this is, um, fault the actual patient are not used to that bluntness to that directness if you if you tell them that you're stage four you're about to die in 10 months or four months or five five years they mm-hmm. won't take it so yeah it depends on the person who's sitting right in front of the doctor so wow. I, I made it clear to the doctor that please tell me everything so yeah he does it that way
3: but it's not the case it here right over here it's still considered a taboo I would say where people don't at like to it talk considered about it a very taboo. much
1: like um, I don't know how how can I tell you it's a bit different here but then at least my doctor and my healthcare nurses or other workers mm-hmm they understand my situation and they are really transparent with me
0: okay that's a lot and lot of information for both of us okay moving on um let's come to the third question so uh I mean, yeah, we do know what all you went through and everything, but we would also like to know the, you know, the fun side of it that you went through and, you know, maybe a few lessons you learned through the process that, you know, maybe as a tips or tricks you want to give, you know, other people out there who are, you know, going through this this amazing journey. So, yeah, you want to talk about things like that?
1: So uh, the very first important thing, which I really want people to know or understand is cancer is not for elderly people or how they say in books or in the videos, you see that it's for people above 40 or 50. No, it's coming down and down. Like if it's in your family, first of all, you have to get yourself checked right up to 20, 25. And even if it is not in your family, somewhere around 30s, you have to start getting yourself checked. Like you get this insurance, you have to get an insurance, first of all, a health insurance and make sure that this health insurance covers most of the good hospitals and most of the big kind of um, investigations like PET scan or um, CD scans, because there are a lot of insurances that don't cover and they say that they give you this much claim and all. There are so many mm-hmm. drugs, so many uh, um, uh, like facilities in hospitals, which are not covered under the 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 insurances for example a, like right now i'm taking sildenafil it's just a simple hard drug but it is not covered under certain insurance covers so uh we have to be really careful before selecting a good he- health insurance um, package that is one next is you have to be really careful about your own health how your body is reacting um you must have always heard that you are what you eat and i never actually realized that fact like i know you are what you eat but i never really realized that fact that i always uh ate healthy i never ate anything from outside like street food or fast food or yeah the maximum i would ever eat is momos and that's not like on a binge binge kind of situation it would be like a a craving uh, sometimes once in a while thing and yeah, so I'm not a person who would eat mostly outside. So that was one. And I remember when doctor came out for my for first assessment before my surgery, he would ask, he, he asked me um, about all my bad habits. Do you drink? Do you smoke? Do you have heart issues? Do you have liver issues? Do you have kidney issues? Do you drink Coke? Do you do you take drugs? And do you have any cholesterol issues? Do you eat from outside? I said, I just eat Lay's and maggie <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so that was the whole situation i never uh, i was not even a fond person like a meat or non veg itna zada. I, I wasn't fond of all that like on a extreme basis like on a daily mm-hmm. basis so i i'm not saying that that's bad but like i, I would rather prefer vegetarian foods and also that that's that's who i am so i thought that i had a good eating habit and I was kind of sporty or athletic in my school time and I had a lot of energy so I never actually thought that I my body is complaining about this kind of situation and when I had this kind of pain and they said that I have gallbladder stones it's like yeah that's a common thing and on almost all people every person like if anyone goes out for a checkup today they can find one or two tiny stones in the gallbladder It's like, yeah, that's a reasonable answer. And I agreed to it. But then later on, and as I told you, I am a nurse, I am an MSc pediatric nurse, and I have studied a lot. And yet I couldn't figure out my own symptoms, because I didn't have any major symptoms, I had just bloating and stomach and because of that, I couldn't eat anything. And In in two months, I lost 20 kgs, like February and March. And by April, I lost 20 kgs. And that's huge. So I didn't have the major typical colon cancer symptoms like um, constipation or bleeding or vomiting or um, curled up tummy. No, I didn't have any of that. So I didn't even think about it. And the, the best part is, honestly, I was just 31 and i didn't i didn't even like randomly or from anywhere think that i could be having cancer or i should think about that the maximum i thought was i could be having a irritable bowel syndrome that that could be a possibility because i am in a different country the different water and food fashions may cause that so that was the maximum so i want people to know that you have to make yourself aware that you have to get yourself checked like uh, my my family in my family uh, there are two aunties who got married into our family and they passed away because of cancer. So I tell my cousins that you have to get yourselves checked because there is a history um, of cancer in their blood. so and even if there's a person who doesn't have history of anything, they should really take care of their guts. <laughs> yeah that's that's a very important thing. And uh, regarding coping, how I coped, that was the main question, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, how I coped. How you, basically,
3: I... how you basically pull through every single day. What all do you do to keep your mind away from it? You must yeah. have gone on trips and everything, right? To keep yourself happy and all that. So
1: I'll tell you, the very best thing which I got in this whole treatment was that I was in India. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you, when I was in London and Canada... These are really beautiful places and everything, but then these are cold places, and we as Indians are used to this tropical situation. We are used to, to, to this warm, sunny kind of a lifestyle. When I came back to India, I received this bright sun and the warmth of this atmosphere. I felt half better. Mm-hmm. Half of my sickness w- went away. Like, I felt better with all the birds chopping around and the warmth I used to get and the sunlight half of our sicknesses go there that could be just my my perception that I'm not sure about others and um the people around us I I am blessed that I got a really strong mother who would take care of me and would not let herself break so that she has to take care of me I would say I'm not a fighter I am just trying to live the, like every day or trying to see another day she is a fighter like she she uh, really kept through it anybody would have just given up on me or a person like me so yeah my mom was there and uh, I have really great friends who mm-hmm. because of certain like covid situation they couldn't come to me but they weren't really good touch with me they would stay along with me on telephone calls on video calls or other ways, And uh, so how, how I cope, coped with the situation, I don't know. I slept through most of the years. Uh, yeah, I went for a few outings with my cousins. But then it wasn't as comfortable because uh, mostly I wouldn't be able to trek or walk. I, I would love to go to different places, but
2: mm-hmm. it
1: was difficult. But then I, yeah, I made the most of it. I have really beautiful pictures out of everything. <laughs>
3: I mean, thing is, like, if you have somebody to keep you company, half of the pain just automatically goes away. Yes. In my opinion. So, you did trips and everything, right? I, I um, went to
1: Adhrapalli. And uh, whenever I would go to Ernakulam to see other doctors, I would go around other places. Like Anyhow, I'm out of the house. So, yes, I would go to, uh, like... Small trips to Patanam Teta to see a few other waterfalls, I'm a waterfall person, and anywhere inside Kerala, like it's beautiful, just just a few kilometers outside my house, it's beautiful. <laughs> Ten beautiful people would listen mm-hmm. from me.
3: <laughs> I think you would have had the best time at that when you are out on a trip itself, in my opinion.
1: The best thing is like um uh, my situation is almost like babies. I just let just let me sit in the car and everything is beautiful. I just don't want to sit at home. <laughs>
3: Agreed. I'll ask you this then. The um, what what are you up to nowadays? What what are you doing nowadays? Then,
1: well, um, I have been studying some things. Uh, I I told you that I cleared this T TF- certification, and uh, earlier I thought of getting myself into teaching people some a little bit of ILTS or Mm-hmm. um helping them with english well rather uh, <laughs> i thought of uh, even if it is not ielts um, at least teach uh, english to foreign children like mm-hmm. who have english as their secondary language uh, it it could be an online situation um there are there are a lot of openings about it so i thought of getting my tesol certification and i got it i'm looking out for opportunities since I cannot go out of my house I have this whole health situation where I cannot uh, exert a lot of pressure on myself so yeah this all is there
3: Okay. alright Jolot let's ask her I think the final question uh, before we end the conversation from the both of us what would you give as an inspiration to people who are in the same scenario as you how to fight this thing how to have the motivation to keep living and not just give up
1: yes that's a really important thing so i would rather tell people to take your time i had a lot of trying situations or a lot of tribulations when i thought i have to do this i have to get my answers back why aren't people respond not people you know family other people in my family not responding to me why aren't they bothered about me and there were many friends who would tell Rini you should take care of your health first you have to uh, take the stress out of your life unless until and unless you take you take the stress out of your life you won't be able to heal yourself and this whole poking situation would rather only keep you uh, wounded so I took my time, and. I tried to heal myself. I, yes, I took around three years or more to heal myself. I, I could rather even say that's kind of an excuse, but I deserve it.
3: We are healing <laughs> ourselves every single day, really. Yes, oh.
1: and uh, so I would, I would tell people who are like me, uh, not just cancer suffering people. There are people who are going through other hardships in lives, be it office issues, be it, um mental health problems it could be anything it could be even a simple not a simple but yeah fracture or whatever and you have to stay in bed for six months so people get really demotivated so you you have to feel that this thing would pass and
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: in one way or the other like your in your situation it would come out in a good way like you you will come up brightly in like colorful wings but in situations like me we have to make it beautiful
2: mm-hmm.
1: we have to make something memorable out of it and even if you don't make it like you're just living and you're on earth just to live nobody has forced you to make specific goals out of your life God made you just live it just chill just look at the birds do nothing just relax sleep
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you you don't have to take any burdens. Anyhow, so yeah, uh, it's it's easier to say that you don't have to worry about tomorrow, but then that's the only thing. And no amount of books would help you. It's just your own mindset. And having in-depth faith in God, like, uh, it's not like he would come and heal you, heal you, but then at least he would give you the strength to bear through it. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you oh, for bringing me in your first episode. I'm really uh-huh. glad, and uh, many of my friends have actually asked me to uh, share my story with the general people. And since I told you that there are not a lot of videos or talks about the cancer journey of Indians on social media, I really wanted to share uh, my story with others. And thankfully, there are there were a few friends who may, like got me connected to other other kids other youngsters uh that really helped me um like survive through the whole situation I understand the situation so yeah so i i too i'm glad that i am one of them for other people
3: um before we outro properly really where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you talk to you more about you
1: well, they can find me on Instagram and on and on my Facebook. And if they are somewhere near in Kerala, they can always drop in at my home.
3: You know, right? You have to give your username.
1: Well, you can add it on the profile, <laughs> yeah, right? We'll add
3: it, but just for the <laughs> sake of it, you can tell also.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, so my username on Instagram is Rini Jacob or uh, I came, I saw I conquered. And I know it's very uh, cheesy kind of a username. <laughs> 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 but then I never wanted to change it. Because even though I haven't conquered everything, but I know I will one day.
3: You are you are a testimonial, and, fighting every single day, so you are definitely have, conquering.
1: This is my personal one, and I have another, uh, like kind of, what do you call it? Rudimentary? No, 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 sedentary. No, there's another account of mine. It's called "I came, I saw, I forgot" because, uh, and that's meant for the cancer awareness. I haven't used it much, but. I forgot is because usually cancer patients have a chemo brain and they forget a lot of things, and they have a flight of ideas. They just talk anything and from everywhere.
3: <laughs> um, you can find us as usual on our socials wrt with NNJ everywhere. So yeah, we'll drop all the links in the description below. Jordan, over to you for the outro.
0: Okay, with that we have come to the end of the episode. And yeah, I must say, nothing could have been a better topic to start with. And yeah, Ranadi, you just sounded so perfect. I must say, better than both of us, actually. And you just spoke about your journey so beautifully, where, you know, I felt you just made all your struggles seem so easy. And also told the people out there, right, that there is always light at the end of the tunnel
3: beautifully summed up jordan i don't think i could have said it better <laughs> than this i know So, guys i really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode we would love to listen to what you have to say whatever feedback you have you know how to reach out to Renidi. but we're gonna wind up for now we'll catch you in the next episode until then ciao
2: bye <laughs>